Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, and happy Mother's Day. Today is Sunday, uh, May, January, February, March, May, May 8th, <laughs> uh, and it's Mother's Day, and I'm releasing a very special Mother's Day episode just for my mom. So it, it gets a little tricky when you move away from your hometown to do something nice for your mom on Mother's Day, and I woke up this morning and I had this idea, oh man, it's totally... It's totally Mother's Day. I could totally release a podcast today and say a little bit about what what my mom means to me. And so here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? This is happening. It's happening right now. So, Mom, uh, you've always been my biggest supporter. Um, you've always been... Oh, this is hard. Jesus. What was I thinking? Okay, center myself. Well, let's just say that I was one of those lucky kids that had really supportive parents. Uh, both my mom and my dad have always been incredibly supportive. And I've always been a little bit of a weird kid. I always felt like I had a direction to go in. And my parents really supported that. You know, I started playing music when I was five years old. Uh, they always encouraged my creative pursuits. And my mom is definitely my biggest fan. Uh, and not just in music and in anything that I do, but just as a person and in life. And I've been through some really hard things and I definitely would have, wouldn't have made it through without my, my mom's support. You know, when, when I'm sick, she loves nothing more than to come over and, uh, and make me soup and do my laundry. Uh, when I'm, when I'm having a show, she's always there. Well, you know, until I moved away to Seattle, but that's my fault. Uh, she's incredibly supportive. She's incredibly nurturing. I mean, my, you know, it's it's hard to talk about one parent without the other. Both of my parents just really seem to want to do a good job at being parents. And now that I'm 31 and, you know, thinking about the possibility of having kids in the future, I don't know who with, but, you know, <laughs> someday. Uh, and, and there's a lot of choices involved in what you do as a parent. And that's becoming very apparent to me. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, just, you know, having, just having a dog and just being in charge of another life and uh, knowing that if I don't come home to walk miles, nobody comes home to walk miles. Can, I can't quite imagine that yet at the scale of another human where if you don't feed this human, this human will die. That's intense. Like that's a awesome responsibility. So not just being a parent is is scary, but then how do you shape a child? How do you teach a child? How do you figure out what to do in order to help someone grow into a person? Uh, and I'm one of the lucky people that had parents that did just a really kick-ass job. And now that I'm old enough to comprehend that and really see that, uh, I'd like to take this moment to say thank you to both of them, uh, just for for probably the the greatest thing you could possibly give someone else, which is a good start. Uh, so yeah, so thank you. But yeah, so just about my mom specifically, man, what can I say? I love my mom. She's incredible. She loves nerdy TV. And that's the best thing ever. Uh, whenever she comes to visit, we get to watch fun nerdy things together and uh, really connect on the level that I connect to my friends with, which is which is great. Um, I feel bad not talking about my dad, but I'm going to wait to talk about my dad until Father's Day. It gives me some time to think about what to say because, God, this is hard. Have you guys tried to do this before? It's hard. Uh, man, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting many things that I'd like to say, but uh, happy Mother's Day to my mom, who's incredibly special to me, who's helped me 
become the person that I am and uh, who's also just fun to hang out with. She's just a great person. Uh, she's a teacher. Her students are lucky to have her. I remember my first real exposure to it was when she was actually a substitute teacher and came in and taught my class when I was in elementary school. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? But she did such a great job and all my friends knew her because she'd been around as a volunteer, just helping out in class all the time. So it was totally fine. It was not traumatizing in the slightest. Of all the traumatizing things that happened in elementary school, that was not one of them. Uh, and yeah, my mom was always there in school. She's always coming in, helping out. She... Uh, when I was, uh, when my sister and I were born, she stayed home and um, did the whole stay-at-home mom thing, and really, you know, really gave us love and something to depend on when we were young. She did go back to work eventually, and she's always done quilt teaching, and uh, she went back to work as an elementary school teacher eventually. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't be uh, anywhere near as creative and as uh, passionate and as productive as I am today if it weren't for the uh, the constant constant unwavering support of of my mom and definitely and definitely my dad as well but it's mother's day so so we're talking about mom thank you mom i love you and that's all that's what i have to say and yes i'm going to facetime you i'll facetime you tonight now that my apartment's put back together so you can see my apartment i'm going to do that don't worry <laughs> we'll do it today i'll figure i'm going to clean up and then we'll do, <laughs> and then we'll do it today <laughs> Okay, so I have uh, some great stuff for this episode for you today. Uh, I have been really hard at work on my next song, Lightspeed, which I played you a little bit of a couple weeks ago. Last night I had a little recording party where John, Chris, Naomi, and Audrey came over, and we recorded some choir vocals together. So let me give you a little taste of what we did last night. Uh, and I've also mixed this and recorded vocals since the last time you heard it. Although these are not necessarily the final vocals, but now they're in there, so you can get a little bit. So I'm going to play you a little bit of one of the uh, one of the choruses of Lightspeed, so you can get a sense of where it's going. It's pretty badass. Here we go. way different than last time you heard it. So if you are one of my Patreon supporters, I will send you the entirety of that track, the entirety of where Lightspeed sits currently in the work in progress. That's something I've been doing for the last couple weeks as I go through the process of making this song. Just as a special thank you for all of your support, I thought it'd be fun to share with you the different stages as the song uh, kind of comes together. And this has been a hard one. It's been really hard to mix and uh, hard to get all these parts working just right 
But in the last week, I feel like I've really turned a corner and I see the end. The end is in sight of making the song the glorious dance uh, cosmic journey that it needs to be. And I can't wait to hear the finished product. And, of course, I have a great conversation to share with you. It's the rest of my conversation with Brooks and Amy from the EMP, the Experience Music Project. Last week, we talked a lot about the upcoming Star Trek exhibit that uh, is coming to the EMP very soon. And, of course, the landing party to open the exhibit that's happening on May 20th that I will be hosting. I got my red shirt in the mail. I've got my Star Trek uniform ready to go. I'm nervous as... As, as nervous gets, but I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so cool. Just a big party for Star Trek people. So we're going to kick off this half of the conversation talking about the J.J. Abrams reboot of the Star Trek universe. Uh, there's a lot of things that you know I like to talk about. I love talking about the Star Trek movies. I love talking about Back to the Future. So I asked uh, Brooks and Amy their opinions on some of these things because they're just so great and they're so awesome and they're so wonderfully entrenched in the geek culture that I'm so, so much in love with. I just want to get their opinions on some things that that I'm all about. So I'm sure you're going to love this conversation. Let's turn it over to Brooks and Amy and me from the past from a week or two ago when we recorded this conversation. But of course, here's some theme music to break us into it. Here we go. Which is why, and I'm going to, might be a little unpopular, I don't think that the current films are as faithful to that message. Totally. I could see that. that. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you guys about that. Mm -hmm. Because I actually, I really like the one from 2009, but Star Trek Into Darkness was a massive disappointment to me. Um, how, how do you feel about it? I didn't didn't find it to be a massive disappointment, but I also didn't find it to be as good as that that first um, reboot, as as it were. And I don't know, I just think maybe he shouldn't have tried, J.J. Abrams maybe should not have tried to tell that con story. Yeah. And that's, cause, because that story, you know, Space Seed and Wrath of Khan is such an iconic story. And the way that he, I don't want to be a spoiler, but the way that he flipped it in the new movie yeah. just I think left a really bad taste in totally. the fans mouths. And, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that he ruined it by doing that, but I understand why people feel that way. Yeah. I think that the, that 2009 movie was just a good way for him to like alternate universe it, mm-hmm. explain it as not, not quite a reboot, but make it plausible. Yeah. Um, and then to have that great Leonard Nimoy, you know, uh, role in there was amazing there were a couple moments where i gritted my teeth you know Uh like when uh chris pine's hands like swell up when he has that weird allergic reaction really i I really enjoy that i hated it but that was the only thing that i hated about it like i thought it was pretty good um and i think that zachary quinto is an amazing spock he's an amazing spock um and i think having simon Pegg in there is great you know there are a lot of things i liked about it now i know brooks is like nervous about the most 
recent upcoming movie because it's Star Trek Beyond Fast and Furious director, which I am a fan of the Fast and Furious movies, so I'm yeah. actually pretty stoked about no it. No reason not to be a fan of those but, films. But yeah, I mean, it is jarring to watch a Star Trek um, trailer with Beastie Boys sabotage cranked over it, right? Like, I think it looks great and I'm super excited, but I can understand how how Star Trek fans would be like, what is going on? Well, I think the fear is that the first... So the, the great thing about the first movie is they got the relationships right. Right. Like, I, mm. I felt like Kirk, Spock, McCoy, I felt their presence. Yeah. And I was very, very surprised by that. And that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. The second movie, I needed prime directive or yeah. optimism. And they did those things in the movie, but they didn't feel right. They didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, you cure death, you destroy San Francisco, you do, like, the terrorism plot. Um, none of it really said anything right and the whole point of star trek is to say something i think and i was a little sad that the first one didn't say anything either but then the second one i was like well you know maybe they're just setting it up right. in the they first one right. around, yeah and the second one not only like didn't really say anything but uh, so much of it just was i thought was dumb well, like the me. the curing death thing with the triple i i hate it so much i actually really like the first I, half of the movie when i get to that moment yeah. i actually last time i watched it, i turned it off because i was so upset i will say this because i've only seen into darkness one time i don't remember a lot of it yeah i really only remember that con centric element of it so yeah. i didn't remember anything about the tribbles or you know um this amazing cosplayer i know aaron is um coming to our landing party dressed as scotty from into darkness uh-huh. and he's like i'm gonna have tribbles also and i'm like i'm like wait what because <laughs> i totally did, yeah i completely <laughs> yeah, did not remember it seemed like a bit of a throwaway but then it came back around yeah. yeah it was to me with the first time i saw it i'm like oh so they're gonna cure someone from dying later in the movie that's <clears throat> lame you know yeah <laughs> like you. so we there was no no stakes for me and then mm-hmm. when uh very spoiler heavy from this point forward when kirk uh is killed later on. Yeah. It's like, well, they're going to use, you know, Khan's blood to bring him back. There was no tension. I, and then it just felt like the most fan servicey, like misguided attempt yeah. to call back one of the greatest moments yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Still, Rathacon and Rathacon, like the Kirk Spock scene. Yeah. Just tears like bawling every time it's so simple and perfect. These two friends were separated by this piece of glass and for them to do that again. But, in my opinion, kind of missed the point. And then have Spock go on this rampage. Yeah. The most unspock thing possible. Right. And yeah, I mean, he's the different Spock. They've set this up. But there's a reason that Spock doesn't do things like that. You know, like there's a reason that that mm-hmm. upset fans is because like the whole idea of like these Vulcans kind of guiding humanity towards this less aggressive future which uh you know enterprise nails like yeah. you yeah, the, really over the course of enterprise right. you really show the fact that like vulcans are really kind of influencing humans humans are influencing vulcans they're yeah. kind of learning to work together even though vulcans kind of think humans are just like dumb apes at first they gain, gain some respect for each other and then like kirk spock dynamic of this cowboy listening to his like sage best friend is brilliant mm-hmm. and you can't like they really nailed that pretty well in the first movie and that dynamic you know it kind of breaks when you have Spock go on this rampage because he's no longer the person you can trust and listen to. Yeah, right. I think I think new Spock is actually has a ton of ego. Yeah, and and he takes things very personally, and he it's he's very different he's from hooking up with Uhura. Yeah, but I, I will say the fact that his mother 
more spoilers. His mother was killed in the first movie. Oh, man. Can't explain that. I, and I, I will be okay with it if yeah. they can have him grow from these experiences in the third movie. Like, I, if they can bring it around, I will be okay with it. I will say that there was another thing that I had a problem with in the first movie was Winona Ryder playing Zachary Quinto's mom because I was like... Uh, what she's like eight years older than him <laughs> but not only that but then they did that thing that i hate where they basically put like wig powder on her hair to make her look older yeah. and it didn't really work for me yeah um and then also there's that kind of like no element you know where right. when you know he can't get her off the planet in time yeah um but yeah i i think like it's such a i have such sympathy for jj abrams because it's such a hard job to take this iconic uh thing which he's done twice now and try to translate it for a new audience right yeah because if obviously your goal with making a new thing is not just to appease the fans that are already there but it's also to grab a new audience right to grab a younger audience right and so i can see exactly with this third movie where it's like okay well first movie we got it Everybody was pretty happy. Yeah. Second movie, we obviously failed. I know third movie's not Abrams, but he, you know, still producing, I think. Yeah. Torch off, right? Yeah. So third movie, what are we going to do? How are we going to get this audience? How are we going to get this young audience? I know. Non-stop action. Go. Let's do yeah. it. I'm holding out hope because <laughs> Simon Pegg is writing it. Mm-hmm. I I feel like Simon Pegg has his head on straight for, yeah. for what nerds want. He's, you know? Yeah, he is a nerd too. Yeah. You know? I mean, that trailer might have just been... The way they decide to market Design. it, it yeah. might not yeah. be representative of the movie. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm still hopeful. And as much as I, I, honestly, like the one thing about Into Darkness that I, the only thing that I really just hate, the only thing that made me just like hang my head in shame was the triple curing death thing. Because <laughs> yeah. it just seemed like. They're just trying to stick something in there. It's just a storytelling like dead end, you mm-hmm. know, like if you cure death. Nothing matters. None of this has any stakes anymore. Right. And unless you're going to like tell an entire movie story about the fact that you just cured death, don't do it. Because that's huge. That's like a massive, that's the human condition. And and you know they'll just walk away from it. They won't come back to that. That's my fear is they'll just walk away from it. I also feel like the new films have taken a major giant step back in terms of the female roles and the female characters. Yeah. 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 And Carol Marcus and transforming her from this brilliant scientist to a lingerie model i mean it just pissed me off also like i don't even know if it passes the vegetal test i haven't i haven't checked but i'm not sure yeah if it does now i'm thinking about it yeah it's it's tricky because like the next generation i mean has so many moments that yeah that are actually like pretty sexist but it also oh, it has sure. more moments that are so equal that it's mm-hmm. shocking, you yeah. know, especially for the time. Yeah, it's like a delicate balance. Well, sure. Yeah. It would be a gross oversimplification to say previous Star Trek was perfect. And, oh, right, and, totally. I mean, you know, if you look at some of the some of the crazy stuff with uh, Chakotay and then also in Next Gen, some of their treatment of these like planet of the native americans mm-hmm. oh my god um, mm-hmm. yeah just 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 yeah. so so cringy and my least favorite episode the one where beverly fucks a ghost mm. and you have oh, all man. the super racist yeah. planet of like we, scottish people. we always uh, call that the spooks episode <laughs> oh my god uh, I, well there, there are a lot of you know even like because uh, as you know as as much as i love denise crosby and i love tasha yar you know yeah, it's great. She's a security officer, but literally every episode she's getting kidnapped or 
Are you thinking of the one where the the super racist one from the first season where she goes to the planet oh, where she has to fight that oh, other woman and for so possession? Cool. Yeah. And they have yeah. like this crazy crab claw code weapon of honor? things. Yes, code like, of honor. Yeah. But I mean, it's like it, it, she is treated in a lot of those early episodes as an object, which is, you know, it's like so problematic. Yeah. Um, and then half the time... Uh, Deanna Troy's not even in those episodes. And I right. think it's because they just don't know. They didn't they know, what did know, know what to do with her. They didn't know what to do with her. Know? They set yeah. her up so poorly. She's yeah. like, I feel pain yeah. <laughs> like in that you know, first and, episode. And also, when the, when she first enters the scene, it's as Riker's past love interest. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, right. it's like as empowering as it was for me to see these ladies on TV in central roles, it was also still teaching us. And I know this is of the time also, yeah. but... Still teaching us, like, your primary purpose for being here is to look good and to hook up with dudes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but this is why then when you get to something like Voyager, right. it's so interesting because there's this huge, weird split. You have, yeah. like, Janeway and Torres who who are just complex characters. They mm-hmm. have their jobs. They have their faults, things like that. Super cool. But then you've got Seven of Nine, who, who as we yeah. discussed, does and become a super complex character, but my, is set up as a sex object. And my I, friends I and I that. called yeah. her Sex of Nine. Like, that's sex what we called nine. her. Yeah. yeah. I, I cannot watch that show and get past her outfits. I can't do it. Yeah. And it really detracts from the storytelling to me. Well, and but, that's such a shame. It's like a crying shame, you know? Because yeah. the storytelling, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I actually don't. I can't even say how strong I feel the storytelling is because I'm distracted by that and like mm-hmm. other other things in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. But I will say like the first three seasons I I love. Like every time I watch the first three seasons, I'm like, wow, I really, really like this a lot. Well, I like how in Voyager later they 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 were willing to just come up with some batshit crazy ideas like <laughs> like, you know, aliens come and turn the entire ship into a holodeck and reenact <laughs> The Nazi occupation of oh, France. That was cool. Was yeah. crazy yeah. Um, and fun. And I, I also love those kinds of episodes where everyone's brainwashed and you can bring out other sides of their characters yeah. uh, and see how their real selves start to influence these fantasy characters and things. I mean, a lot of, a lot of fun, fun stuff there. But then there are no long-term consequences. Right. Yeah. And and you might think they'll be like, once they, you know, overcome them and stuff, they're like, well, why don't we keep the whole ship as a giant holodeck because that'd be kind of cool <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. have to look like a hilton anymore yeah or like we should talk about deep space nine a little oh, bit because i think we haven't talked about it yet but like i just saw the trials and tribulations episode oh, so of deep good. space nine which so good i either hadn't seen before or just didn't remember yeah. seeing but yeah that was amazing amazing um, so well done like kind of mind-blowingly well done yeah, seamlessly yeah. worked that together was yeah, so great totally but uh but like Jadzia Dax is like another complicated female, sort of female character, right? Yeah. Um, where it's like this being that has had so many years and so many lives who's melded with this host. And, yeah. you know, she, but she also, I think as a character, doesn't seem like the typical Star Trek female character. Not at all. Just, no. just Cisco calling her old man all the time yeah. is just the most brilliant yeah. piece of character writing. But and she's also, so she's, she is gorgeous and sexy but that's not her primary purpose for being totally totally she was very well written and yet she's comfortable with her own sexuality Mm -hmm. totally and she's not shamed for it Mm -hmm. or that's not like how it what defines her she'll just occasionally say oh yeah i hooked up with mccoy back in you know when (laughs) i was so and so she's almost too much for Worf, which says a lot yeah yeah. you know that's amazing and i just remember something oh sorry go ahead no go ahead i'm totally gonna change the subject so you go first (laughs) oh i was just gonna say that Worf is um picard definitely was 
a massive crush for me as well as Tasha Yar, but Worf is like the character that I had a mad, mad, mad crush on. Really? In That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. I and love so that. I, and also be just because I really respected Deanna Troy, I was so happy when Troy and Worf had their thing going on. I and then love it. so mad at Riker for trying to sabotage it, you I know? know? Just like, it just made me hate Riker more. Yeah. So much more. Does it, does it, I always like, I mean, sure, that's an alternate reality, but it felt real to me. Mm -hmm. Like, that felt like mm -hmm. this. I feel like that timeline did exist. Yeah. And then maybe the events of that episode changed it so it didn't exist. But I do think that that's where it did go. Yeah. You know? And of course, it's changed. Like, as we saw in Nemesis, things obviously got different. But right, right. that does feel like that was the reality and until well, events shifted slightly. And that was a really interesting dynamic. Right. I love, love troy and Worf, mm -hmm. i love it i just yeah. think it's the coolest yeah. development i feel like they were planting it as far back as like season four right maybe even season three well watching her with his, with alexander yeah you know totally and, and like her even like her mom you can tell like likes Worf, even though she acts like she doesn't like Worf. you know what i mean like it's yeah mr woof yeah <laughs> it, it was all like a great dynamic and i always felt like that they should just really end up together but of course that didn't happen but yeah. you know then you have Jedzia, so it's, it kind of all worked out in the yeah. end. But well, but I mean, if there's anyone a little, like a little, if there's anyone where you'd want to be a fly on the wall when they're alone together, it's Worf and Troy, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> for stuff. sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, you said something earlier about uh, Tasha being sexualized a lot, mm -hmm. and you mentioned uh, the naked now. Yeah. Or is it The Naked Time? I never remember which it's one's the, which. It's The Naked Now. Naked, okay. Naked right? Time is original yeah. series. Naked Time is original, original series. series. Awesome. Yeah. So Ooh. I actually I actually love that moment. That I think that that's actually a really solid character moment for her. And yeah. sure, it's like I was like a little kid when I saw it and I like girls. And I'm like, wow, this is great. <laughs> but um, the fact that she is so, she's hard, you know, like she's yeah, a hard person. She she's mm -hmm. a hard shell. And then she gets drunk and then all of a sudden completely softens. But only to the person who has no emotions. I just think that's the most well, brilliant like moment to show that she does have this feminine side. Uh -huh. The only person she can show it to is the person who can't even appreciate it. That's not quite what happened, though. Like, I, I, I see what you're saying, and yeah. I think that's great. But actually, at first, she goes and makes out with some random dude in the hallway. That's true. <laughs> she just kind of... And actually, at first, she's in Troy's quarters. Yeah, trying on her clothes. Trying to steal her clothes. And then there's this moment where... It's almost like she's coming on to Troy, and Troy is right. like, wait, You're wait, right. wait, what's happening here? She just gets real horny so, yeah, and just kind of so goes it's, crazy. It's like a problematic thing, and then she brings up her past to Data, and I'm just like, ooh, this feels like the wrong moment to huh. talk about that situation. But You know what? You're right, because all the women in that episode just get real horny, and all the men are like still trying to, to solve <laughs> oh, yeah. the problem. The Beverly... Oh, my God. The, the Beverly Picard scenes are... <laughs> So hilarious. They're so good. And I don't, um, so I have a couple of friends who also run a Next Generation podcast called The Greatest Gen. Oh, cool. Um, which I encourage you to check out. It's a humorous will. podcast about The Next Generation where they're yeah. rewatching every episode. Oh, awesome. But they pointed this out. And then when I was rewatching the episode, I was like, they are so right. There's a moment when Beverly is leaning into Picard where it's after she's touched him. So he's starting to get drunk also. Mm, yeah. He makes this crazy, like, Beavis and Butthead, like, <laughs> noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, so, it's so funny. Yeah. That moment, and then the moment, um, even though that episode is, like, crazy problematic in so many ways, it's so funny. Like, that moment when Data comes back from visiting um, 
Tasha Yar. Uh-huh. And he just looks at Worf and he, he just falls down. He just falls down. And then Worf like looks over at Picard and Picard is like being all weird. And he just pushes the button and says, Commander Riker, we yeah. need you on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you prick me, yeah. do I not leak? Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's really great. But yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I still love Tasha Yar. I still love that she's character. I just wish yeah. they had given her more. I, I feel like uh, all they had to do in that episode was make one of the guys go on a horny rampage too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. Riker, like here's the perfect Riker, opportunity totally, for Riker yeah, to. Yeah. But I guess Riker was like that in every episode, so it didn't really matter. Right, he's <laughs> he's less horny when he's drunk because he's just not used to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's yeah, true. And I'm, Deanna... I'm such a huge fan of like equal objectification, <laughs> which I talk about a lot. Uh, like when I made a music video, I wanted like. I wanted everyone to be sexy, you right, know, like I right. want, I wanted to make sure that I was wearing as little as the girls were wearing. <laughs> so it'd be like this positive environment. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you, if you have one person wearing nothing and one person fully clothed, it's automatically an equal, unequal environment. Right. So, yeah. okay. So in that case, in Enterprise, when they need to go into the decontamination chamber, oh my God! Strip down to their underwear and rub oil all over each other. <laughs> that is the fact that was both I'm men and this women immediately as soon as I get back. Yeah, to my make place. it okay. Yeah. I mean, so, some of those scenes you look back now, they are egregious. That is softcore so pornography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. That's that uh, that whole scene is just in bad taste. It is better that it's a man and a woman, but it's just bad taste. I mean, it's not. Okay. Sometimes like, it's, it's an so orgy. Bizarre. Sometimes there's like groups of four or five of them all doing this. Yeah. It, it really pioneered what what Game of Thrones. Wait, that's developed. like a thing that happened more than once because I yeah. I haven't actually yeah. watched Enterprise just to be. It's transparent. honestly excellent. Okay, it's so worth watching, and it's it great. just gets better and better. Seasons three and four are exceptional. Season one and two is a little hit or miss, but yes, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Especially, I mean, now I think it's easier to not bring so many expectations to Enterprise. I yeah. had so many expectations. For Enterprise, I was super psyched, mm. and I had, unfortunately, built up in my mind this whole idea of what that pre-Federation time would be like, yeah. mm-hmm. and and it turned out to be different. Although, um, we were talking about pajamas earlier, <laughs> those uniforms are the most pajama-y of all, yeah. and they're, in fact, in person, because I've, I've, we were displaying an Archer uniform in the show, so I've seen it in person, way more purple than it looks like huh. on TV. These things, they're, they're almost like... Um, what are those fuzzy characters on British TV? Um, Teletubbies? Teletubbies. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was Teletubby purple? I'm sad that yeah. I know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're pretty sweet flight suits. I yeah. mean, I mean, if yeah. you're going to be, if you, you know, if you're going to be in space, you might as well be comfortable. You might as I well guess. have pockets all over your body. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a more thing. It's like uh, all the female crew wear them. Oh, but to Paul, she'll wear slightly right. different things, much more right. form fitting. That one was still bad, but I felt slightly better because because she wasn't in starfleet you know she was very purposefully supposed to look different uh, and also i had the biggest crush on her that yeah, i've ever had yeah. on anyone on tv and then she gets her commission in starfleet and, <laughs> yeah. and switches to a starfleet uniform yeah um, they did the same thing with kira too like kira had this although all the bajoran officers men and women had that uniform and it mm-hmm, was very form-fitting mm-hmm. so that i felt that was fine mm-hmm. but yeah you're you're mentioning kira reminds me of the other biggest crush, Ensign Rowe. Oh, that yeah. is, oh my God. Yeah. I was so going to say like that. Universal. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Ensign Rowe, Ensign Rowe mm-hmm. was, 
I mean, I'm rewatching TNG right now, mm-hmm. and I every time she's on the screen, I just can't look away. I am um, in love with that. Became Zendel. so obsessed with Michelle Forbes that I saw every single movie that she was in in the 90s. Really? And then when she popped up on The Killing uh, most recently, cup first season, I was like, oh my God, Ensign Row. Like, I, yeah. it's sad that I can't refer to her as anything but Ensign <laughs> Row, but like, because of her being in row, I just was like Michelle Forbes. I am all about that. Yeah, yeah. And it's she, it's too bad. I mean, the the Kira Norris role was written to be Row Laren, but she didn't want to do it, and that would so have I think, been a really was, interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah, because she was doing all these movies yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. but know? I uh, that character Norris is oh, so one of my greater disappointments in yeah. Space Nine. They do a lot with her, but I feel like they could have done much more. I. Yeah. I lo- the last couple seasons she becomes one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like her growth as a character is really really intense. Where by the mm-hmm. end of the series, I just so adore Nerys. Yeah. In the beginning, she was very one-dimensional and yeah. she's just always mad at Cisco no matter what. Yeah. She was just kind of yeah. like a stereotype in yeah. the beginning, yeah. which was totally. Not and she good. she really comes around. I and I think that's I feel like the writers just found her voice late. Yeah. And then yeah, I, you're right. And then I get really into it. But I, I do agree that in the beginning, I think just because we all kind of were just like, why isn't this just Ensign Rowe? You know, like this would <laughs> yeah. be better if this was yeah. Ensign yeah. Rowe. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like they were almost writing her as Ensign Rowe and it wasn't right. But then they sure. started I mean, writing her as someone new. probably written a lot of episodes before yeah. the, the casting change happened. Yeah. That yeah. almost would have been too much, though, if you bring over Kalmini and, you know, Ensign Rowe. And then later Worf. And yeah, Worf, too. Yeah. It's just like, well, let's just make, you know, TNG. <laughs> Next Generation Part 2. Yeah. Part 2, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, when I was a kid, I struggled with Deep Space Nine. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I watched it as an adult that I fell in love with it. And Cisco changes a lot, too. Totally. A lot. From first to second season. Because yeah. I, I was not into him at all at first. And then at some point he flipped and he got, like... I want to say super badass. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh my God, why did I never notice Cisco before? This, right. this show is great. Yeah. So like overall Deep Space Nine is probably my second favorite mm-hmm. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, it's really hard for me to do that, but I, I'd probably put that second. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I love Enterprise. Sometimes I feel like Enterprise is my second wow. favorite, which wow. I know is kind of, that's pretty rad to say. Yeah. yeah. But I, I watched Enterprise when it came out and I loved it. Like I used to rush home every day to watch it when it was on. I mean, that was like a event for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to get home because it's what, Thursday night? I don't remember which night it was, right. but it's like Thursday night, it's Enterprise is on. I got to make sure I'm home by this point. People would invite me places. I'm like, no, no I got to go home. Yeah. I got to watch Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, got a date. I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy the watching days, Enterprise more than I'm going to enjoy hanging out with you. The so. days before <laughs> DVR, before you could just I know, set your right? DVR up and that, watch it whenever you wanted. Yeah, I... I used to tape mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine on TV. Oh, yeah. At, at one point, I had a whole box, with, well, almost the entire series. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know what happened to it. But I was going to say, I was going to change the subject a yeah. little. I was going to say, speaking of Tasha Yar. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So our landing party, Star Trek landing party, is Friday, May 20th. And, and that's the big opening event for the exhibition. Yeah. Big opening event for the exhibition. And our special guest is Denise Crosby. So I am... Definitely trying to already trying to figure out how to pull it together enough to like meet her and not totally freak out. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was so, so excited when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my goal now is the selfie with Denise Crosby. Like, yeah. That's yeah. All I want. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then I, I can't say for sure but we may be announcing another special guest soon oh really so we're super excited about that so keep your eye on the emp museum social uh 
we will announce it as soon as we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the landing party is going to be amazing. Um, we're going to have some DJs playing sort of decade theme music. So <laughs> some 60s music, some 70s music, some 80s music. Great idea. Um, is it uh, Obi Hans Kenobi again? Uh, I th- I think uh, I think Hans is one of them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I don't want to say too much because I'm not sure like where the contracts are right now. But we will have three DJs. They will be great. Um, we're gonna you know take over the Sky Church screen with some great clips and um, uh, pieces of trivia. We're gonna have one of our games again, uh, so you can get your um, your captain's log and go through a little Starfleet training mission. During the party. <laughs> and these games take you all over the museum mm-hmm. and, and encourage you to explore different exhibits and yes. learn different facts. And they're, they're, they're super fun. The whole museum will be open for this landing party. Wow. So you'll be able to see all the exhibits. Um, and I'm, no, I'm sure I'm leaving out some things. Uh, it's just always fun. I just love it. I, I mean, obviously, I love that this is my job to go and interact with people. Yeah. At the party. And and that was another great thing is we were at Emerald City Comic Con and we had our replica Star Trek original series command share yeah. at Comic Con, which will be um, part of the party. You'll be able to pose for pictures in that chair. <laughs> um, it was just so great to interact with all these people who love Star Trek. And like I met a woman who had an original fan jacket from Star Trek, the original series that you had to like mail away wow. to get, which was so cool. Um, and just like, I've just seen how excited everybody is. Um, that's, I mean, that's the part of my job I love the most is like talking to other fans and getting excited about it and seeing all that chatter on social media. Yeah. Uh, I know that, um, there's, there was a group of next generation cosplayers who came and took <laughs> pictures in the chair. So they took a picture of like Picard and Beverly making out in the chair <laughs> and then a picture of Picard and Riker making out in the chair. Um, yeah. So it was, it was just super fun to see how excited everybody was about the exhibit and um, just, you know, I love talking up our exhibits cause our curators are amazing and they do things Blushing. just just the right just it's just so good it's just unlike any other museum that i've ever been to yeah you know yeah and i just i just found out a couple of days ago that i'm gonna get to host the party and i'm so excited yeah yeah, yeah. i i haven't told anyone yet because i like can't i kind of can't believe that it's happening yeah because i got to like i was i think because of the star trek interview a year ago i got asked to host the star wars party yeah and just had the most fun and then i kind of went after this one i was like i want to host the star trek party you know yeah um and the fact that it's actually like now happening i'm really can't i'm so excited i'm gonna order a full i'm gonna order a uniform oh, oh, good for you. Awesome. Yeah. i've mm-hmm. always wanted a uniform mm-hmm. uh, and when i was a kid i had one i don't i mean it would not so fit me what, now what uniform yeah is it gonna i was be? gonna say what's it's gonna, gonna be? be a tng okay. uniform uh i've actually i couldn't sleep last night because i was like mm-hmm. should i get red or mm-hmm. blue mm-hmm. i think i want to get red because yeah uh I've grown this Riker beard, and now I just oh, I feel true. like I have to have yeah, one. True. Got it. Then you it's have to true. practice your propping your leg up on a chair. Swinging my leg over. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. My first instinct was to go blue and be mm-hmm. a science officer. But I feel like if I'm the host of a party, I've got to wear red. i got to be in charge, you know? <laughs> I had that same debate with this sweater, but ultimately I went Picard. And yeah. then also I ordered a dress, and I went with the security 
Oh, Tasha nice. Yar, Security oh, Yellow. Good, good. So it's like sorting into a Hogwarts house. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be honest with myself and say, if I were in Starfleet, like which which path would I take? Yeah, I obviously would not be a security officer. <laughs> I think I would probably be a Betazoid. But the the only dress I could find that was Deanna Troy like just is was not really working for me. So. That's actually mm. a really interesting question. What yeah. you just brought up, like yeah. like like thinking Where serious about it. What division might you work yeah. in? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, Brooks? You strike me as a science officer. I think I would be oh, in yeah. sciences, yeah. Especially, uh, I love the the astrometrics stuff and the space oh, yeah. exploration stuff. Yeah. The original um, series was supposed to have an astrometrics set, but they ran out of money and so they didn't build it. Oh, bummer. Uh, one of the artifacts we have on display is this little cardboard model, 50 years old now, of the set at Desilu Studios that they filmed the original series on uh-huh. and and producers and directors would use it to kind of plan their shots and stuff. So you can see how it all laid out together. And that includes a little, uh, got never built astrometrics oh, cool. lab. Oh, I can't wait to see that. The astrometrics, astrometrics lab from generations is one of my favorite moments. Just yeah. a lot of people complain about like, why didn't they have this room for seven years on the TV show? I'm like, I don't care. They just built it. It's great. I <laughs> right, love it. Cause right. like they had a small astrometrics lab on the show. And then even the one from, uh, Voyagers, Pretty it's amazing. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And they use, make good use of that set. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's a little, it's a little strange because sometimes I think I'm watching an X-Men movie with uh, <laughs> Professor X. I know, right? <laughs> using, using, what is that thing? What's uh, that room called? Did they go into? that giant brain, mind, something? Yeah, I don't remember. I should know. But I'm but blanking right now because my mind is on Star Trek. Yeah. Amy, what would you, I feel like you'd be a command officer. Uh, I don't know. I'm still leaning more towards like... I know Deanna doesn't really have like a department. She's just yeah. like sure, she the counselor. Yeah, and that's is she one of the counselor? cool things. Well, yeah, she she is a science officer. Counselor. When she goes okay. uniform, she goes blue. Yeah, probably. Oh, I disagree. Or I she goes red. She the goes Wesley, command. Wesley Crusher. Doesn't she go? Command? I feel like the last couple seasons she wears a blue uniform. Hmm. Oh. Fight! Fight! Uh-oh. Fight! That fight. episode is really great when she <laughs> is trying to pass that test. The um. To get her new rank, remember, oh, right. Rikers yeah. Coaching, and finally she figures out that she has to yeah. kill Jordy yeah. uh, virtually in order to uh, to pass that. I thought that I was feel very like heavy. Killing Jordy can never be the answer. We have to find another <laughs> well, what's, way. Yeah. What's amazing is, of course, it's a holodeck Jordy. It's like a it's like a, a virtual Jordy. But when she finally figures out and she's like, "I need you to go do this thing," he just gives her this look, and then he's like, "Jordy, <laughs> okay," and off he goes. It's really good acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. So you think you'd be you'd be a science officer? Well, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'd probably be Wesley Crusher and I'd be running around making my module that emulates Picard's voice so that I could hear, so <laughs> I right. could hear Picard. I just, if I'm going to be honest, I think I'd be um, one of the people serving in 10 forward who wears this, <laughs> oh, this yeah. crazy oh, houndstooth shirt. You know yes. I love yeah. those guys. I'd totally yeah. probably be Guinan. Yeah, yeah. I'd, be, yeah. I'd be whipping up the cocktails and behind be the bar and doling and out advice. Yeah, yeah, totally. Guinan is a like a national treasure. She is <laughs> yes. insane. She's so amazing. What like what a great character. Just someone who uh serves a simple purpose but is probably the smartest person you'll ever meet yeah. in your life. Yeah. And she, she just helps everybody solve everything. She just gets bar. Yeah, it's you incredible. get a sense that she's way wiser and way more experienced and to her this is all just child play. Totally. Yeah. 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 She's like Tom Bombadil 
you know? <laughs> right. Awesome. Awesome analogy. Uh, uh, yeah, I love her so much. <clears throat> yeah, I think I would want to be a command officer. I'd probably be the barber. I'd probably be oh, the yeah. barber. <laughs> but here's the thing. Nothing bad happens to those people. Yeah. Right. They get all the fun and none of the... None of, none the, of the aggravation. Yeah. Aggravation or implantation by alien fetuses She's or turned into Borg them. or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think the main reason I'd be a command officer is that I would be so, like, drinking the Kool-Aid about wanting to, like be a part of the prime directive, yeah. you know, and yeah. explore mm-hmm. and just go out there and spread this, um, like positive vision of humanity towards everyone in the galaxy. Right on. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, being a, a command officer is the best way to do that. But yeah. That's cool. what do. So we I'm probably going to order a red, a red. We can do that here now. Yeah. yeah. On earth. Right. Totally. I mean, honestly, like a big part of why I wanted to podcast is to like talk about the things that, I think matter, you know, mm-hmm. and I think science fiction talks about that more than any other genre and like really pushes towards that future. Like because uh, Gene Roddenberry imagined this future, so much of it has come true right. because it's been yes. become such a big part of the cultural zeitgeist. Like, I mean, techno- technologically, but mm-hmm. also socially, I feel like it really has pushed us forward. Can you imagine if uh, like Star Trek didn't exist? And I mean, now we have things like Battlestar that are kind of like the anti-Star Trek uh, but what if Battlestar is the main thing, you know, where like it's this negative vision of humanity. Yes. And of course, I love post-apocalyptic stuff. I love right, it. Right. I'm all about it. I love it. But yeah. I feel like having having the biggest one, the biggest sci-fi franchise, I mean, arguably Star Wars is bigger. But, you know, as far as TV goes, the yeah. biggest sci-fi franchise ever is the one about optimism says so much about our society and really helps our society. I think it's so cool. Like, where would we be without it? I wouldn't I don't even want to think. Whereas I always just default to like Skynet Terminator right. future. And I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's happening yeah, now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, there's like a lot of really smart people out there saying that we need to watch out. Like we need mm-hmm. to be careful because it's probably going to like artificial intelligence very well may decide that we are not necessary. Yep. But I think <laughs> artificial intelligence it. is just going to want to be more human like us and want to mm, learn from us. Like maybe, data. Well, maybe. I read an interesting article recently about how... Um, AI might be about not as much about the algorithms, but as about the data that you give to it. Oh, and huh. the idea of yeah. giving it friendly, optimistic data to work from. So there was this chatbot that Microsoft recently made called uh, Tay, and uh, it learned from what oh, other people geez. said to it. Yeah. So people gamed the system and said all these horrible, uh, racist, homophobic, and fascist things, and wow. it began to spout out that um, just like a child those mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so if we if we sort of extend that to I'm sorry I'm way off tangent here no this is great to to more advanced AI it's a similar thing it's yeah. what we expose that AI to is going to really help determine what kind of person or personality it has so right. I guess the lesson is you know make the AIs watch Star Trek and everything will be okay <laughs> totally I like the theory that your iPhone is always recording you yeah even <laughs> even if you don't have it on uh, interestingly enough. Uh, Last weekend, my boyfriend and I were just talking about something. I don't even remember what it was. We were talking about a certain subject. And then a little bit later, he turned, he was like flipping through Facebook and it showed him ads for like the thing that we were talking about. And we were like, whoa, wow. We had a moment because he was like, I swear I haven't posted anything on Facebook about this. How did it know? Like, it's like it knew that we were talking about it. That's crazy. scary, right? Can we That's talk- so like uh, yeah, AI, the movie with the 
the Spielberg movie, the, cre- yeah. the creepy teddy yeah. bear. You're like walking, yeah, yeah. where you're walking yeah. around and like you're being advertised to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Minority Report has that too. Oh, yeah, yeah. who you are and stuff. Uh, which brings up, and again, I don't want to go off on a huge tangent, but why is there no email in Star Trek? Ooh. I mean, I'm I'm totally charmed, especially in in um, Next Gen by the pads, and it's like they they transfer something to the pad, and then they hand it to someone to walk to another part of the ship to hand to someone else, so, huh. they, yeah. so they can read it. I mean, that's interesting. You know, I'm not here to really and, pick nits, but it's it's cute. And sometimes yeah. when they have a lot to read, they'll have a whole stack of pads. As if you had a stack of Kindles because so you need funny. to read a lot of books. It's so funny because obviously, like the the what they're pulling up on the pad can change. You know, right. yeah, obviously, it's a digital device. Yeah, remember that episode in Deep Space Nine where Jake is writing and he's like writing on a pad and he's using a stylus. Yeah, what was happening? What was happening <laughs> on the screen <laughs> in that episode? I've always wondered about like how do you input to the pad? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how how much they got you. right though. I mean, but it's funny because like maybe they just didn't think of it. Like mm-hmm. they because they didn't have the technology back then that we do now where right like obviously you can just like transfer text from one place to another wireless wirelessly right, and, right. uh well but it kills, yeah it's interesting it maybe it just didn't, didn't occur to them i mean it, it it if you can just mail stuff around yeah there's no reason to film yeah. people doing anything you know my uh one of my listeners evan just sent me these two books uh, the Nitpicker's Guide to Star Trek: The Next Generation, and uh, the Nitpicker's Guide to the Original Series. Keep me away from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like read the first little bit of it, and it was about com badges, oh, about yeah, the yeah. fact that, like the the consistency of how com badges work, it just doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes they'll just say like Mister Worf, and he's just like Yes, sir, and no one will tap a com badge. Right. So how do you open or close the channel? Right, and then also there's that weird element that like the com badge is also attached to the ship's computer and acts as like. Um, a geotag yeah, for yourself, a, a right? Yeah. So if you take it off, like in the Naked Now, when Jordy just is like, don't need this. And, and they like, have no these, idea where you are. Uh, yeah. Even though he's in quarantine, he just walks out of <laughs> medical. Uh, <laughs> then, you know, Beverly's like, find Jordy. And it can't, it can't yeah. find him. But then that doesn't, why wouldn't it find, why wouldn't it say he's in medical bay? Because that's where his com badge is. But then there's, well, must be like a symbiotic relationship person. or something. Yeah. 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 And at a certain, I remember being a kid and like starting to run up against realizing these things mm-hmm. and then making a conscious decision to not care. Yeah. Because, Which is the way to go. Yeah. You because have to. like th- these are the people who are telling me the stories that I want to see. And the, the purpose of the story is to, to learn and grow. So the, the technical aspect of the story, while it does need to be at least close enough to get you there, does not need to be perfect. Well, yeah, you, you would drive yourself crazy. I mean, I right. know as a film and TV fan, like yeah. you would drive yourself crazy Certainly. picking at every little thread. Totally. Because it's just not possible, you know, with editing and storytelling, it's not possible to get every single element correct. But sometimes it's fun to just nerd sometimes out about it's that. Totally. No, I do. It. Type yeah. of yeah. nerding yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's like picking at the time paradox in Back to the Future, right? Yeah, I just How did a. How did they do this? I just did a whole pod, podcast about that. My <laughs> yeah. next sci-fi on trial is Back to the Future Part Three. I'm yeah. releasing the first part of it like two this week. Nice. Yeah, um, and we talked a lot about the plot holes right. and whether or not they matter. What other what other nerdy stuff gets you guys like super excited? Mm. Uh, like define yourselves in like five nerdy things. Oh my god! Well, I'm a Whedon verse. I'm crazy about Joss Whedon. Everything, everything, Dollhouse, awesome. Dollhouse included. Yeah, I'm super crazy about anything that 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 guy does. So obviously Buffy, Firefly, Angel, Dollhouse, yeah, Avengers, The Cabin in the Woods, which is oh, Drew Goddard directed. So but, good. Uh, 
yeah, th- just absolutely my favorite. That's awesome. Um, in fact, I saw The Martian only because Drew Goddard wrote the screenplay. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I loved it. And I'm yeah. like, I bet I love it because I just love his writing. Yeah. And I love his ideas. That's so awesome. yeah. Have you read the book? I have not read the book. It, it's I'm fantastic. Not it's a, a good big... book and it uses a lot of the language and stuff. So yeah. so I think you'd enjoy it. It's okay. actually a very funny book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw the movie and read the book and I actually yeah. think the, I actually enjoyed the book quite a bit more. Okay. The movie was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But but yeah. If anything the movie I, I didn't quite feel like it lived up to the book just because like the mark watney in the book was like right. your favorite person you've ever met yeah and, and in the movie first person so, yeah so you have a much stronger sense of his voice yeah, yeah. maybe it's just because it was matt damon mm-hmm. maybe it just needed to be like a smaller oh, star yeah. exact yeah. same loved... script smaller star yeah, for and sure probably would have yeah like, been more effective for me personally just because i just love mark watney i just love that character right yeah so yeah we so like this is so probably gonna be verse. a long yeah That's fine. <laughs> and then obviously star wars i saw you know a new hope when i was five at the ua 150 in seattle and just blown away and just loved it yeah loved it loved it from then on um and then things like, like actually like disney movies and tim mm. burton um not so much tim burton lately but like the night before christmas um and Beetlejuice and gotta be Edward Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah. Edward Scissorhands, mm. yeah, uh, even Big Fish. Like I think that movie's great. Oh, Big Fish is amazing. Um, yeah, I love. Yeah, like now we're just getting into directors: David Lynch, uh, John Carpenter. I just watched Dune for the first time in maybe twenty years. Dune is is um yeah. It Dune was is like nuts. I love it, and it's so funny because you know when Dune came out, it uh, nobody knew David Lynch directed it, and so. He, He's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He slapped that Alan Smithy right. fake director name on it. Right. So when it came out, I just knew that I loved it and it was weird and crazy, but I had no idea that David Lynch had directed it until yeah. I started getting into like Cineflex magazine and stuff like that and reading about it. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, Does a director's cut of that exist? Not really. There, there's a fan version that's been slapped together. He mm. he did um, consent to the theatrical version, I think, with a few tweaks, but it's not yeah. really a true director's cut. What about cut. the five-hour version, though? That's the fan that, slapped oh, together. Oh. Yeah. So that one is weird because it has, like, production drawings and stuff kind huh. of, like, intersected in there. But, um, yeah, so that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, God, like, I could just go on for a really long time about all the stuff I love. But yeah. What's your what's your favorite horror stuff? Oh my god! Well, I mean, Cabin in the Woods is like top of the list right now, just That's because fantastic. it's such an amazing meta. Of course, story. it's the Merman. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, yeah, yeah. I, I watched that kidding me. at the yeah. end of like my first year of really getting into horror, yeah. and it was like this is everything that I like about this, right. and and so many things I've never thought about before. I adore that movie. Just yeah. the title credits alone are it's worth the price of admission. So Just, boom, Cabin in the Woods. Great. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like I, a lot of '80s movies are were very impactful, like A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Uh, Reanimator, one of my oh favorites. Oh my God, I love Reanimator. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs is like my goddamn hero. Yeah. I yeah. got to meet Jeffrey Combs no two way. years ago at Crypticon and he's so great. Reanimator is the perfect like sci-fi horror mm-hmm. where they really inject it with like science. Brooks, well, pseudoscience, whatever. Brooks dressed up as uh, the scientist from Reanimator. Oh, Herbert for West. Halloween, Herbert West. <laughs> That's awesome. And his girlfriend was the dead cat and it was like... <laughs> I have to see a picture of that. I was like fangirling over the two of them all night. Every time I saw them, I was like, oh my God. 
Um, wow. Yeah. So like, yeah, when I met Jeffrey Combs, he I got like a signed poster and he actually wrote cat dead details later. And I just like yeah. lost my Priceless. mind. Priceless. Um, but yeah, I mean, st- stuff like that. Uh, cheesy stuff like Night of the Comet, which is a story about Valley oh, Girls yeah. that get caught in the post-apocalyptic world. Wow. Um, yeah. I love all that stuff. Amy had a great birthday party. Oh, at Scarecrow Video. I did. Where we watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a blast. Wow. Yeah. That's so fun. That movie's incredible. Yeah. I I just talked about this in a recent podcast, how that movie, like, I just saw it for the first time within the last, like, two or three years, and I was just, like, shocked. I mean, this is some of the best filmmaking I've ever seen. It's great, you know, and Nancy is, like, unlike any horror movie female at that point she was like yeah. the only one who like stood up and said like um i figured this out i'm gonna do something about this and i'm gonna beat this guy yeah you know but yeah that that movie i have like a whole story attached to that which is kind of long but i'd love to hear it <laughs> i mean we could do uh, i mean i, I yeah. both of you i'd love to have back so we could do it on a, on a whole okay. other show we should, too. should probably not derail the star trek conversation but yeah <laughs> so um but any movie where johnny dick gets jeff gets turned to pulp i'm yeah. i'm on favor <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, There's a lot of blood inside uh, teenage Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, what else am I a nerd about, Brooks? I'm sure you know more things. Than uh, I'm Indiana nerdy. Jones and Back to the oh, Future. Yeah, of course, Back Hugely. to the Future, Indiana Jones. I, I gotta ask you guys about your Back to the Future thoughts because I just did this whole thing. Yeah, sure. About the third movie and how I was the only person on the panel who feels like the third movie is underwhelming. Everyone oh, else really? like really liked it. I, like, I like it. Yeah, the yeah. first two are like two of my absolute favorite movies it's, of all time, and the third one just feels like an afterthought to me. It's a different thing, and I think because they filmed it back to back with part two, that's yeah. part of the reason. You need to wait yeah. a really long time for part two, right? Yeah. Not a really long time, but like a five years. years. Yeah, 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 that's a long time. Yeah, and so I think um, maybe it's a little rushed, but I do love all the little nods to the first and second film and the third film. You yeah. know, with like the hat thing and the waking up in the dark and seeing who he thinks is his mom but it's like his great great grandmother or whatever yeah you know i think it's better than people who's the actor who plays biff griff etc uh thomas f wilson so he's in three amazing he's amazing i mean he's amazing throughout but i think his character in three yeah yeah. mad dog is so great i love mad dog and he he just where he's like he's been tearing it up for two films this time he's like guess what i've got got his own 200 more going here i'm taking it all out (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i watched that movie for him yeah Uh, he's great and also like doc brown really it's more a lot more his story i think in the third one than it is marty's and maybe that's why people don't like it as much you know yeah uh, my my big beef with it, which um, I just spent like hours talking about this, but I'm gonna do it again because I'm still again. like I can't let it go, is that they don't add anything to the the mythos of the science fiction elements of the trilogy. Whereas like the first yeah. first movie is like this is what happens when you travel back in time. Second movie is this is what like the consequences are. Third movie is like this is what happens when you travel back in time. I'm yeah, like no, give me something up. else. And we actually on my other podcast we always come up with fixes for things if we don't like a movie it's like well what would you do differently oh, yeah 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 um and i do I, that with horror film all the time actually. yeah we yeah. had this it was a bulk of the the trial's gonna be in two parts a bulk of the second half of it is is what we do differently based off of this theory i have about how they could have like altered the space-time continuum in a different way to be different from the first two mm-hmm. so i'm very i feel very passionately that that movie like could have been something else it could have yeah, yeah. but i i don't think it's as bad as people say it is yeah, I still well, find it enjoyable. I was I was shocked to learn that almost everyone I talked to felt that way. That like yeah. people um, really feel like it's 
a good movie, you know, and, and it's just me just like out there in the woods, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. But I do. I mean, the first, the second Back to the Future movie is one of my, is one of my absolute favorites. The first one also, but yeah. uh, the second one cannot exist without the first one, but I think is the best. It's just it's interesting. Like the first one's yeah. the best movie, but the second one's the most fun and the most enjoyable and my personal favorite. And also science fiction yeah. has a lot more. Yeah. A lot more going on. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so great. Like for my young sci-fi loving mind it was just like so much to latch on to so mm-hmm. much to think about and mull over and uh just like made every the world and the universe just seem like so big and yeah. so cool mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um brooks what are your nerdy things besides star trek big nerdy things well like all of us uh a star wars kid mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. you know i was 11 when new hope came out and 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 that was when you could just stay in the theater if you wanted to stay in the theater mm-hmm. and watch it over and over yeah. Uh, so a lot of that happened, and and Star Star Wars really fired my imagination as a as a little kid, um, very very much so. And um, I collected the Star Wars trading cards, you know, yeah. the bubble yeah. gum and 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 all that kind of thing. Except, and I of course everyone has one of these stories, right? I had this like complete set, except I gave my sister Amy all the Luke Skywalkers because oh, she had this yeah. big crush on them. <laughs> yeah. Very sad. So you don't have any Luke Skywalker still? Do you still no. have these cards? I don't actually. I don't have any of those yeah. either. Um, but you're a good brother, and that's more important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I then when I got older, um, a big one for me is the Terminator series, especially oh, yeah. Terminator Two. Yeah, uh-huh. I think Terminator Two is. A lot of people say, you know, what's your top science fiction film? I'll often pick Terminator Two. That's yeah. a great, especially choice. of its day. Oh, yeah. uh, how brave yeah. it was at the time, but but how it tells a great science fiction story with amazing characters and this powerful woman, and it Kick has this woman. amazing message. Yeah, um, the whole thing is like as close to a perfect science fiction film. Yeah. as you I can agree. Come. I agree that the first time I saw that movie, I was relatively older because mm-hmm. I was kind of sheltered from like more violent stuff as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is consummate filmmaking. I mean, yeah. everything about this is great. Yeah, it just all comes it's together. Great. And uh, outside of that, I don't want to get to sound like a hipster, but there's a few like obscure things. Um, the author, Jack Vance, I recommend to everyone, an amazing stylist. Cool. Uh, he does, he did science fiction and high fantasy and just funny, funny, weird, imaginative stuff. Jack Vance, V-A-N-C-E. Sorry. I've been looking for I love him. Yeah. I love him. Too. Um, I'll add the X-Files also oh. went to X-Files conventions. Nice. And you like, you're an X-Files fan. I haven't seen a ton of X-Files okay. actually. Not I'm a ton. very big into X-Files until, uh, you know, Mulder left. And then I was like, yeah, well, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. What's the point? But, but you know, I still watched it, but, yeah. um, uh, I've, seen, I, I've seen like half of the X-Files. Okay. Yeah. I did. I did actually like the new episodes. I was really into it. I've seen four um, of the six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to finish. Yeah. I, the one where Murray from Flight of the Concords, uh, Reese. <laughs> yeah. Reese, uh, that's a very silly episode. What's his name? That episode was I, great. It, very, it was so good. And that's a, a way a lot of the original episodes were. They totally. were very silly. Yeah. You know? It really captured that yeah. silly spirit. But I told a real story. Like, what yeah. if a creature gets bit by a human and turns into a human? Like, and then yeah. is sad about it and has and, to go to work. It was so great. That's hilarious. And Jillian Anderson is amazing like her and david Duchovny just stepped right back into those characters like no time had passed yeah at all yeah and i and i especially am appreciative of that after watching her on hannibal because her character on hannibal is crazy amazing also so mm. being able to see her that close to that and see her just step back into scully 
was great. I love that they use the original title cards. Yes. Like, so cool. That was so, what a great so choice. fun, too. I was so excited. I was like, what's mm-hmm. the what's the new like title yeah, card going to be? And I was like, oh my God, it's the same? Yeah. That's better. That's yeah. great. Like, I'm happy with that. You yeah. Know? The only thing I would have wished for more of is the Lone Gunman because they were like my favorites on the original show. Yeah. But um, did you ever watch the spinoff? Aren't they dead? I did. I did. I didn't see they that. Are, they're technically dead, but I mean, they could... It could come back. Who knows in these things? It's a conspiracy. And, it's, yeah. When you have a government's conspiracy theory, anything true, could true. happen. Uh, totally. their, their death scene is a complete reference to at Spock Kirk scene yes. in the end of Wrath of Khan. Oh, I've yes. seen that. Just yeah. to bring it all back to Star Trek. Which I've spent <laughs> yeah. the last year doing. Yeah. Like anytime anyone talks about anything, I'm like, yeah. you know what that's like in Star Trek? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. <laughs> that's my entire yeah. life. And uh, thinking... I get made fun of that constantly. It's like, I reference, I'm like, this is like that time in Star Trek. They're like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek's not real. Get over it. <laughs> I'm like, no, it will be it real if we real. believe. <laughs> yeah. And then thinking about when I was a kid, in addition to Star Wars, Wonder Woman. Bionic Woman. Are we talking the comics, the TV shows? TV shows. Like Linda Carter, Wonder Woman? Like hardcore Wonder Woman and then Muppets because Muppets and Wonder Woman were like back to back on TV. Oh, rad. Muppets in space. Um, So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) just, yeah, still still love Wonder Woman as a character and I'm obsessed with her. And when I worked at a comic book store, read all the Wonder Woman comics and all that stuff. So Did anyone see when, when Mark Hamill was on the Muppets as Luke? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah of so course. Great. So great. Yeah. They oh they used to have the greatest guest star yeah. spots. The, the I show. love the Muppet Show. I I mm-hmm. love that. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I used to watch the it new the one. Is actually I I dig oh, have it. You watched it? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot about I like that. It. I watched the first episode and liked it and didn't watch anymore. Where Where does it air? Um, it's NBC, right? I think it's NBC because it's basically The Office. I with think Muppets. it got renewed. Yeah. yeah. It's like That's Miss Piggy has yeah. a talk show and Kermit is her producer. And so, and they're not together anymore. They've split up. And so there's a lot of tension because he has a new girlfriend, Denise, who's like also a new, a pig. younger, hotter pig. Yeah, totally. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. And it's, yeah, oh, it's like, Kermit, it's like a documentary you. film crew is following them around. And um, I thought it was a fun way for them to update the Muppets for a new yeah. crowd. But I still find that it has the humor of the old show totally. where it's like adults will love this, but kids might be interested in it too. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of stuff when it first came out that a lot of Muppet fans were hating on it. They're like, Miss Piggy's too mean. And I'm like, I don't know what you're remembering from <laughs> right, when you were a kid, but right. she's always been super mean. Always been too mean. Yeah. yeah. That's just how, who oh, she man. is. What's your favorite of the old Muppet movies? Because I oh, love the original those. One, for the first sure. one. Oh, yeah. for sure. Um, I, I know this is controversial, but yeah. I am all about the great Muppet caper. Yeah, I love no, that movie. That was crazy. And Muppets in Space is super cute, too. I don't know if I've yeah, seen that Yeah, that was a little disappointing to me. I had a oh, really high hopes. You uh, did, for yeah. me, Muppet Christmas Carol is Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie was great. Yeah. Yeah. But the original movie, to this day, still, when people say myth, I go, myth, myth, yes. You know, because <laughs> Kermit has to say that a couple of times to somebody um, because they think he's saying something else. And then Carol Carol Kane comes in from the side and says, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never so, forget the, the frog legs thing from oh, yeah. the first movie. The uh-huh. French fried frog legs. That's the thing that yeah. like really seared itself into my brain. <laughs> I think I saw The Great Muppet Caper first. Yeah. And then I watched that and I'm like, that's traumatizing. Because I was, was young. I was really young. That was a little traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. But Not as traumatizing as Guarding Test. Anyone see that? Totally off topic. <sighs> I think I have seen that, but it's been a long it's like, time. It was basically Driving Miss Daisy, but it was Nicolas Cage was this yes. woman's bodyguard or something. And what? I don't. Yes. All I remember is uh, he like shoots someone's toe off, and I started crying in the theater. <laughs> that was like um, the thing that pushed you over the edge. Yeah, yeah. he's like he's like torturing this guy for information about uh, where Tess is, mm-hmm. uh, the eponymous Tess, 
And then he's like, if you don't tell me, I'm, I'm going to count to five and I'm going to shoot. And he's like holding up a gun to his toe. He's like, one, two. He's like, I'll never tell you. And then he shoots. And he's like, ah, you, you didn't count or something like that. And I was just bawling. Yes. Uh, my mom and my sister made fun of me relentlessly for crying. I was really young. I, and I only kept a, a diary for a couple months when I was a kid. And it was mostly stuff about my sister being mean to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote this big, long diary entry about how my mom and my sister laughed at me at the movie and how like upsetting it was. And then my sister stole my diary and was like reading it out loud to oh, everybody. Yeah. And oh I was gosh. just like bawling. <laughs> so guarding Tess, that was not right. on my favorites list. No, And that was like right on the edge of Nicolas Cage, good actor and Nicolas Cage, ridiculous actor. Right? Yeah. So I think it was like mid leap yeah. between those two things. That made my mom and sister sound so mean. They're wonderful people. That's... And I had a wonderful childhood. And I just want to say that. on the end. And, and, and that's you're what you're telling your therapist too. Brooks is laughing because he doesn't ever believe that Nicolas Cage was a good actor. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he um, was. He's got to be good in some, what's, what's a good Nicolas Cage? Valley Raising Girl. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. Valley Girl, Raising Arizona. Um, you got to see Raising Arizona. I, actually, Vampire's yeah. Kiss. I love Vampire's Kiss. I know I've seen him in stuff that I really liked. Yeah. But I can't remember now what it was. Because I've also seen those clips of him in The Wicker Man thousands oh. of times. Oh, the Bees! That, that is so hard for me because I love the original Wicker Man movie, which, of course, is super campy, but it was in the 60s. Like, of yeah. course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And so when I saw that remake at a press screening, I was like so disappointed. Yeah. But I know, like, I know a lot of people that love that movie just because it's so bad. Bad, right you know but i can't right because it's just like because it's supposed it to be good. messed it up so badly right totally. yeah yeah i just saw have you have any of you seen buckaroo Banzai before oh, oh sure yeah. oh, i just yeah. saw it for the first time like three oh, days ago huh. and it was Love like mind-blowing that was I the movie couldn't that, even believe that it. made me notice jeff goldblum and i was oh, like oh my god jeff goldblum's so good mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i was like wait who's that guy yeah. i need to know who that guy is yeah. yeah, right after we recorded the last sci-fi on trial, this guy Ryan on the show is like, "Let's do Buckaroo Banzai it's next time." So good. I didn't know what it was, so yeah. he like made me watch it right after. What would you and, put it on trial for? Well, it's not the sci-fi on trial. The the purpose is to determine if movies are remembered fairly, right? And then we look at like fan consensus and oh, critical yeah. consensus and say like, "Is this a fair remembrance of this movie?" Buckaroo Banzai has like pretty low ratings. Really? Um, which is crazy, but it's, it's a perfect film. It's perfect. So good. It's it's so, like a ninety nine percent movie. Wonderful. The one thing that I didn't like was the treatment of the woman when they're kind of torching her towards the end. Yeah, where they just sure. like splay her out on this table and put her in the sexiest outfit ever. Yeah, and it's very just like this is for the young boys to yeah. enjoy, and it's just real. <laughs> unsettling but, the, but, but the everything else about that movie was perfect of buckaroo bonsai as scientist rock star astronaut you know yes. it's, yeah. it's yeah. great so and, oh my god yeah and, and peter weller plays it perfectly. perfectly so seriously yeah and the closing credits are the best part of the whole movie yes, yes. and i i i was like watching that just like i can't believe this is real i, I can't I, believe i've never seen this before because yeah. this is like this isn't just up my alley this is like right. this is my address on my street alley. you know yeah. this is exactly yeah. where i am i saw that movie in the theater and so at the time, you know, you had a certain sense of what science fiction in, in film was. And this was so different. Yeah. The entire first half, I was like, what is this? I know I yeah. like it, but yeah. it constantly <laughs> zigs whenever it's supposed to yes. zag. And yeah. it's just like amazing. Yeah. So I mean, fun. It, it felt so fresh. And, you know, seeing it for the first time mm-hmm. felt so fresh. Like you could release this today exactly how yes. it is. Yes. And it would be a massive hit. Yeah. Or at least a cult classic again. Cult classic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just like overjoyed to see that movie. I love 80s movies. I love practical effects. Yeah. And 
everything was great. Mm. Everything was great. Like the spaceship mm-hmm. looked like yeah. a coral reef of some kind. Like the aliens mm-hmm. all being named John. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the John? John something bottom? John big bottom or something? Yeah. John Smallberries. John Smallberries. Uh, <laughs> it's like, but that's actually um, a really cool big boutet. Si- big boutet. That's the one. Yeah. John big boutet. That's such a great sci-fi concept of like. What would aliens name each other? Well, right. John's the most popular name, right. so we're all going to be John, and then we'll just like pick other things that sound human to be our last names. <laughs> yeah. So there'll be so there'll be variety. It's not a bad plan. They just didn't execute it very well, right, and it right. really like something about that struck me as being so true, even though it was so funny and obviously meant to be ridiculous. Yeah, that's my favorite type of sci-fi where they kind of have that sort of like thought-provoking thing that's also silly. That's yeah. the best. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts about the uh, Star Trek exhibit? It's May twentieth is the the landing party. Yes, and then yeah, the exhibit then, yeah. opens May twenty first to the public. But obviously, if you come to the party, you can see the exhibit. See the exhibit. Yeah. Um, among all the other cool stuff, I I just want to emphasize that even though I work at EMP, I am still a huge fan of EMP, and yeah. I am super super excited for the Star Trek exhibit, and I can't wait to check it out. That's awesome. Gorn. I'm just gonna say Gorn. 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 Yeah, we yeah. have the, we have the Gorn, and Gorn. he's great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I am. I am a huge fan of VMP. Like I go a lot. Whenever my mom comes to town, we go. Mm-hmm. I had a membership my first year in Seattle mm-hmm. and went all the time. I used to live right across the street, so I used to go all the time. Um, the only time it ever made me even slightly sad was when the Sci-Fi Museum went away, but then it came back mm-hmm. and like probably better than ever. The Avatar exhibit was awesome. Mm-hmm. The Battlestar stuff Battlestar. was amazing. Ugh. Getting to like walk next to those spaceships. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Wars exhibit was fantastic. I know I'm, I'm forgetting stuff. The, obviously, the horror and fantasy we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I've ever seen there was fantastic. And I feel so lucky as a Seattleite to have that as a resource to oh, like cool. just go and hang out. Or just like someone comes to town, like that's where I take them. Because that's the cool thing to see. Uh, and now that I've you know gotten to host that party and then this party coming up, just to be involved at all is really thrilling for me. I just you know I I always want to be involved with what's going on over there because it's like everyone's professional nerds and that's what I want. Out of life. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Uh, so yeah, so thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah. This was thank uh, you. This is going to be like a really awesome episode. I'm sure the people that listen to this show are really going to get a kick out of this and just getting a little inside look into the EMP and just getting to talk to you guys too. I just talking to people who are you know on my level of. Of fandom is just always fun. So I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank All you. Right, thanks. There you have it, folks. Brooks Peck and Amy Simon. A truly wonderful surprise to have them on the show and to see that they were so great and so rad. And I can't wait to have them back and talk to them in the future. To all the other mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Uh, what, what would we be without our mothers, people? We'd be nothing. We'd literally be nothing. So give your mom a call, tell your lover. If you're in the same city, give her a little kiss on the cheek for me. And then for my mom, you're obviously the best mom, and you kick ass, and I love you. And I will clean my apartment and FaceTime you very shortly. And we'll see you next week. Next week's show, I know I said I was not going to do this, but I trust this person to show up to the recording session. Uh, Sarah is coming, my friend Sarah, who is an X-Files expert. Uh, X-Files-pert. X, no, that sounded gross. She's an X-Files expert, so we're going to talk about the new X-Files series. I feel like enough time has passed that everyone's had a chance to watch them. If you haven't seen the new X-Files, the new six episodes, go to it. Go get to it right now, because we're talking about it on the next episode, and I cannot wait. We'll see you next time. Bye.